Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. Woo! I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Uh, listen, it's day one, and that's that's good. Um, it's awesome to beat up on the Devils. Uh, we got to sit here and watch a Flyers-Devils game on a Tuesday night. Uh, you know, it's kind of them to win it. Uh, it. It's great to see Cam Atkinson scoring again. Limblom gets a goal. Carter Hart was great again tonight. Uh, only gives up the one on a real weird one. Uh, you know, made some timely saves that I think, you know, last year or in uh, if the team wasn't playing well, could have been heartbreakers. But he's been real locked in. Only a few bad games at all this season. Uh, Hart's been Hart's been stupendous. Claude Giroux, real strong game. Uh, it's it's awesome when they play this well. So I don't want to. I don't want to be like the negative guy who's like, well, who gives a shit? Because you know what? After the 10-game losing streak and everything we've been through the last two seasons, uh, it is nice when they win. It's nice when they blow a team out. They get an easy victory. They look like a clearly superior team. Uh, but goddamn, you know, it's tough to get excited when – I, I can't even say that. Like, I'm, I'm, I was excited when they scored goals tonight. But it's tough to get excited about the ceiling of this team when I think I've already seen it. Uh, you know, it's it's cool to win three in a row. Uh, obviously, the Vegas win is big. Vegas has been, uh, you know, str- not struggling. They've been up and down this year. They've struggled with injuries. Beating them, they are a better team than the Flyers. Uh, and Carter Hart was great, so they win. That's huge regardless. Then they beat Arizona in Jersey. Uh, you know, Arizona, like, they almost weren't allowed to play in their own building that night because they haven't paid for their goddamn rent. And, you know, Jersey's Jersey. They're just a a bad team. You know, they're not extraordinarily bad. They're middle-of-the-road NHL bad, but they're bad. Uh, and it's cool that the Flyers can beat those teams, but does it really matter if you can beat those teams? You know, I, I know they had the tough schedule and that contributed a lot, but if you can't even compete against the good teams, what does it matter? Now, you know, it's going to be a little while before you get to see those teams. They have Montreal and Ottawa uh, to close out this week. It's not till next week. We have Washington and Pittsburgh. That'll be... Washington and Pittsburgh on, what's that, December 21st, December 23rd, the last two games heading into the Christmas break. That'll be the next time I really, like, try to assess this team and say, okay, what do we really have here? Uh, But the show isn't about me. The show is about the listeners, and we are filling up with callers. So let's get to it. Uh, Matt Gimino. Matt, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? How are you tonight, Matt? Hey, not too bad. Uh, You know, it's fun to watch them win, like you said, and, you know, you got to temper your, I guess, your celebrations. I mean, we, two out of the three teams they just beat were not good teams. Nevertheless, you know, there's part of you that wants to just watch a game where they just they, they play well, they're having fun, the fans are clearly having fun at the at the rink, and everybody's having a good time. But it's also a weird time to be a fan to watch these games, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, ah, the last thing this team needs to do is figure it out and go on some run and eke into the playoffs and then just move themselves down the, 
the draft lottery. And it's such a weird way to think when you're watching a game, but I can't help but think it as I'm watching it. It's, it's such a conflicting thing. Yeah, and that's, you know, even bad teams win games. We've seen, we saw Seattle a couple of weeks ago go on a streak where they beat, uh, you know, a bunch of good teams. I, I think they beat uh, the Florida Panthers and the Hurricanes. They strung together a few good wins there. Like, even bad teams win. Um, but yeah, there is that, con- like, that confliction inside of you. Like, what is best for this organization? Are they as bad as we watched? And even if they're not, like even if they're not a bottom five team, if since we think we know their ceiling, does it really matter if they're better than that and they reach like, oh yeah, they got the second wild card and they lost in six? Like it, it's it's really a it's really it's 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 a tough time. It is, and you know, I watch some of these games, and I don't know if anybody else feels this way, but. I'm not looking for them to to go on some improbable run, and because like I agree with you, I think we have seen what this team is. We think we know what their ceiling is. I find myself watching these games thinking, can we just see? I just want to see Rift Align and just knock the shit out of a bunch of people. I don't care if they win. I just want to see passionate, violent. Let's push people around hockey. Let's let's lose but have fun doing it. That's that's kind of how I feel when I'm watching these games sometimes. And like I said, I know it's a very strange way to think, but uh, I'm dreading blowing the thing up, but it just seems like it's got to happen at this point. I think we know what we've got and it's not enough. Well, it just feels like we've been here so many times before. Like, okay, they lose 10 in a row and now, yeah, they're playing better. Of course they are. They just lost 10 in a row. Like this is hockey. It's basically pinball. It's completely random. Like nobody loses 15, 20 in a row. Like that's fucking impossible. The senators blew out the Florida Panthers tonight. Like crazy shit happens in this sport all the time. And uh, thanks a lot, Matt. I I will say, and I think Matt said it, um, I am happy that people are down at the rink tonight they did it at home. Uh, people to get, get to go throw their hat for Cam Atkinson. Um, hopefully not a good hat. Hopefully you have a spare hat. Always bring the spare hat. Um, but it's it's tough. But I'm especially happy for the people who pay their money to go watch the games. You get to enjoy yourself. They beat up on the Devils on a Tuesday night. Uh, Carter Hart plays well. You get to see a hat trick. All that shit. So at least... If they're gonna be bad, they can they can give us this every now and then. Uh, let's go to Dan Allen. Dan, you're live on the post game. Hey Bill, am I coming through? Yeah, I got you. Okay, oh, last time. Um, yeah, this uh this stupid team is gonna win ten in a row now, aren't they? I would be I very would be surprised very if they win a few more than two more. You know. Yeah, no, I'm I'm obviously kidding, but just you know. You never know what you're going to get from these guys, uh, especially the games against Pittsburgh and Washington coming up. But, you know, um, a couple things I did like about this game. Uh, they definitely seem to be playing looser the last couple of games. Um, yeah, the, the Devils and the Coyotes aren't exactly, you know, Vegas, where, where they were a little tighter maybe. But um, if uh, they're making the adjustment uh, with uh, Kogio now of wanting to carry the puck through the neutral zone more, I think they're definitely. Uh, they're definitely doing that and seeing less of the dump in. What do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, especially the last few nights, um, 
it's a good time to work on that. Let's say that if they have things they want to work on, they haven't had a ton of practice time, at least against Arizona and Jersey, if you have things that maybe you're not the most confident in, but you want to start working towards, you can do that against these teams. And it's good. It's a good opportunity to work it in, um, you know, in a live setting. Uh, Maybe Yo is getting through to them a little better. Uh, maybe the X's and O's part of the game, he's doing stuff that suits them a little more. I just think right now, like, they are unburdened by expectation because they lost 10 in a row, uh, and nobody loses 15, 20 in a row. So, like, they were going to play better at some point. Yeah, uh, I also like uh... – having Max Wellman playing up in the lineup a little bit, you know, obviously he's like a, not even a B prospect. He's like a C prospect, but you know, it's, it seems like the past number of years, it's been a habit of, Oh, young guy, welcome to the flyers. Enjoy the fourth line, you know? And, <laughs> and instead they have Wilman playing up with um, Hayes and it's good to see a, uh, you know, uh, even, a you know, not a great young guy, but just a young, just a young guy getting a chance to play up in the lineup was nice. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, Willman's getting his shot. It seemed like that shot might be coming to an end uh, with Wade Allison getting healthy, but we don't know the status of Morgan Frost yet. It looks like Morgan Frost might be missing some time. He leaves the game, never comes back tonight. Who knows? He could be back in there uh, on Thursday against Montreal, but or you know he could be back. Worst case, maybe like you know after the holiday for the road trip, who knows? Uh, But as of now, Wade Allison's been looking good. Maybe we see him up here. And with Morgan Frost out of the lineup, they won't have to send any of the, uh, you know, the bigger guys that they don't want to take out of the lineup down. Wouldn't mind it. You know, Max Wilman is what he is. I don't think, uh, I don't think Max Wilman really factors into the future of this franchise, but uh, he's a guy who gives you an effort every night. Uh, you know, someone like Patrick Brown or whatever comes out of the lineup. That would be cool uh, rather than him. But it doesn't look like they're going to have to make a decision anytime soon. But we'll see how all that plays out. A lot of moving pieces with this roster uh, moving forward. And shit, man, the way the league's going could be a lot more moving pieces uh, in the near future. Ian Ackerman, Ian, you're live on the post game. What's up, big dog? How are you tonight, Ian? Doing pretty good, man. Um, before I talk about the game tonight, um, I just wanted to say, I, dude, you had me laughing my ass off when you were saying you hope that they hire uh, Fran Drescher uh, <laughs> to torment the players, dude. I was just, I was losing it at work. So good. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it was, it literally made my day. That was awesome. But um, yeah, I didn't watch the game tonight. Uh, I was listening to via the NHL app, and, um, man, it's good to see some guys get going. Uh, JVR's been picking it up. Uh, Atkinson's been picking it up, and it looks like Lindblom is finally starting to break through. So very happy to to see that. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Like, as frustrated as we get with a lot of these players in the team, it's not like we don't want to see them do well, like, especially if – you know, you're thinking what I think about JVR. You're going to have to figure out how to move on from him. Well, ain't nobody paying him a dollar uh, if he doesn't score the puck. So he's been putting a few in. He's been looking a little better. Obviously, Cam Atkinson, he's here to score goals, and mm-hmm. he does it tonight. He's been looking a lot like the guy who started the season, uh, more so than the guy that was in that prolonged slump. 
and everybody's rooting for Oscar Lindblom. You know, yeah. everyone wants Oscar Lindblom to be here and do well, uh, and it just feels really good when he scores. Yeah, like, and from what it sounded like, it sounded like they're being a lot more aggressive and not just kind of sitting back and letting play come to them. It seems like they've been trying to really dictate the play, which I think is definitely beneficial for them. Oh, absolutely, and thanks a lot. And like, um, I, you know, it seemed like they realized early on with Vino they needed to be so much more aggressive. I just remember the amount of turn, like the way they would get in on the four check first of all, and then the second wave four check, and the uh, the amount of turnovers they force, um, denying breakouts. You know, basically making other teams look like the Flyers look on defense with the unforced errors and just constantly applying pressure to get those second and third wave chances, um, not just a one-and-done situation in the offensive zone. And they just so much got away from that. Uh, basically, it seemed to have started in the playoffs against Montreal, and they just never got back into the habit of applying the sort of pressure that you need to apply uh, you know, to get more than one shot on goal every attempt into the offensive zone, you know? Um, maybe they're just getting back to what worked for them more than anything. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Again, it's nice to see them win. It's nice to score a bunch of goals. These next few games, a little bit easier opponents. I'll judge them again when I see Washington and Pittsburgh. Ben Bleefeld, Ben, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How are you tonight, Ben? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm well. Good to hear. Uh, remember at the beginning of the season when the NHL said that they were really going to crack down on cross-checking, then they just didn't? Um, <laughs> and like, like a week, week and a half. Yeah, it, and it, like, it was for sure a penalty, but the rest decided to start calling it, and they called it on TK for the, what was it, fourth Devils power play of the game uh, as compared to the Flyers' zero. So that was just a little frustrating um, in a league where the, you know, the refs are like, oh, we got a game manage. They just said, no, we're not doing that tonight. Um, and then, sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, you're good. You're good. All right. Uh, and then the other thing I want to talk about uh, is looking at some of the numbers. Uh, so I'm not saying that it's absolutely going to happen this way, but if you take a look at the points percentages in the league, uh, in, in at least the Eastern Conference, it looks like you're going to need 100 points uh, to get into the playoffs. Uh, in order for the Flyers to do that, they would essentially have to have a points percentage of 67% uh, the rest of the way. Um, and, you know, that's well within the realm of possibility. It's, you know, they'd essentially have to, you know, get every, every you know, three points that they could get, they'd have to get two of them. Um, now, like, the, why this is relevant is, like, my, my favorite thing tonight was on the Lindblom goal. Uh, they zoomed in on the player celebrating, and just the – G had this smile on his face. And I just – I love seeing that so much. And it made me think back to um, the Vegas game, uh, where if you looked at the Flyers' Instagram page the next day, uh, they showed uh, – uh, Drew getting the starter jacket, which we completely forgot about because they lost 10 straight. Um, and 
Carter Hart was definitely the player of that game, but Hayes gave it to Giroux. Uh, and it just made me kind of think, you know, and I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts on this. If maybe it kind of set in on the players that this could be like a last dance situation, uh, especially for Giroux. And maybe they see this as an opportunity to, you know, th- this guy has earned the right to win a Stanley Cup in Philadelphia. And just looking at that points percentage and what they're going to need, it, it really makes me feel like this team, I, I feel like that what they're going to have to do is blow it up. Uh, but it just makes me think, you know, if, if they have a shot and it's definitely doable, I don't think they're going to be selling at the deadline. I think if anything, they could say, if we're playing like this, we could only be, we may only be a point away. We could, you know, we could be buyers at the deadline. So I'm just curious for your thoughts on that. Yeah, I definitely think uh, if they're anywhere close, they won't be selling. I would love it if the team rallied around Drew, last year of his contract, guy who's been a great player in this league for a long, long time. It would be awesome to see them rally around him and try to at least give it a run, give it one more chance, uh, give the organization a reason not to give up on the season. Um, I wonder how... I wonder how likely it is that they can win, you know, four out of every six points or whatever they're going to need, basically, to get into the playoffs. But I'm still just in, like, a too little, too late mood. Uh, I really appreciate your positivity, and maybe I can get there with a few more good showings. Oh, oh, I don't think it's going to happen. It would be awesome. Yeah. It would be awesome to get into that sort of situation, but – Man, we've just seen such inconsistent play out of this team for the last few seasons that I can uh, I can't look any further ahead than like the Christmas break. Oh, for sure. Like, and, and I just want to be clear. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but if we see them play like this, just a little bit of a litmus test. Uh, the 2019-2020 team, I think, had a points percentage of like 64%. So you're going to have to know pretty soon. Are they going to start looking like that team? And if they don't, they have no shot at making the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks a lot, Ben. And I want to – I think it was a post game. It might have been a BSH. But, like, what if if that 10-game losing streak was basically – the month of December 2019? Like, December 2019, um, you know – we all know what happened with Limblom, but basically they went on a couple of prolonged uh, streaks of looking like absolute shit. Uh, one, you know, on the trip where they found out about Limblom and then the Disney on Ice trip. What if that 10 game losing streak was basically that same low point that they then came out of and gave us those two months of, you know, the best hockey we've seen in a long time? Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be, but it is. Like a team that repeats a lot of the same patterns all the time, I guess you can look at that and go, okay, there is there is precedent for this thing to get turned around, to get turned around in a big way uh, like it was in, in 2019, 2020. Uh, Brian S., Brian S., you're live on the post game. Brian, you're muted. Brian, hit on mute. Hey, there it there is. There you go. God damn, they make that confusing as shit. <laughs> uh, just to get you there with a little more positivity, man, you always say the only thing you need in a good playoff run is a hot goalie, and Carter Hart is freaking hot. Oh, yeah. I, listen, 
the Carter Hart looking like we think he should raises the overall ceiling of this team. Now, most teams never hit their ceiling. Lots of teams never come close to it. But with, you know, having a potential franchise goalie, like look at what happened with Montreal last year. Look at that team right now. It's basically the same exact team minus the goaltender and Shea Weber. And right. they're terrible. Exactly. The goaltender gets hot and, you know, it's it's a weird playoff and everything, but they still go to the Stanley Cup final. Exactly. And they're now they're missing Shea Weber and, and Price and they're a dumpster fire. So just imagine if, if Carter stays this hot, we get Ellis back. Shit, you're looking at a good run maybe. You, you absolutely could be. It's not out of the realm of possibility, but I do just want to like temper – I don't want to temper expectations because I want people to enjoy it and I want people to enjoy the season as it unfolds and not just have the like fatalistic, well, what does it matter anyway view? Because like, then just turn it the fuck off. I say that all the time. So I don't want to be the guy I'm telling to turn it off. But like, man, I just don't. Hey, I don't see it with this group. I started being a Flyers fan from Wisconsin in like 2012. And if, if, you know, Giroux is the reason I'm a fan. If I don't see him raise a cup, what the fuck am I been wasting my time for? <laughs> I feel you, Brian. It's it's the way this thing is shaping up to end with him is going to be a real shame. Yeah, damn right, man. Well, I appreciate it, Bill. You're awesome. Stay cool. Right. Take it easy, Brian. Stay cool. I like that. Anna, Anna, you're live on the post game. I want to know which one of you fools said shut out too early and jinxed Carter Hart tonight. <laughs> I was actually I was in the process of looking it up because uh, I know he has at least one career shutout against the Devils. It might be two, and he doesn't have that many overall. So I was like, are like like seventy percent of his shutouts against the Devils is what I was trying to figure out. <laughs> and Cam Atkinson had a hat trick tonight. I'm here to celebrate the positives because. I was along for the ride, and I really enjoyed it tonight. And when they lose, I put it out of my mind. And when they win, I enjoy it while I can. I have a zen mind about the Flyers this season. I don't have expectations. I just want to see what happens. Well, that's that's absolutely a healthy way to look at things, Anna. I envy that uh, very much. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff to have enjoyed tonight. There's a lot of reason to be happy about tonight's game. Uh, Cam Atkinson hat trick, a Limblom goal, Carter Hart looking great, Claude Giroux looking great. Uh, th- there's things to be very happy about tonight. So I don't want to take that away from anybody, especially when you're just looking at tonight's game by itself. Tonight's game by itself, itself went exactly as well as you could have possibly hoped. Except for that shutout. Thanks, Bill. You got it. Thanks a lot, Anna. I appreciate the positivity. Uh, let's go to Chris Toff. Chris, you're up. Bill, I wasn't going to speak, but then I heard your opening, and and you were <laughs> – I remember a few years ago, man, on these post games, you were doggedly positive no matter what. And look what this team has done to you and done to us. Well, it just back, – back when these started uh, – there was something to really look forward to. We all thought that things were eventually going to trend in the right direction. And that was like three, four years ago now. Um, And we're exactly where we were back then. So it's just, it's really tough to maintain that level of, uh, that level of positivity when like, 
they have flatlined this entire time. And it uh, right, and it feels like deja vu. I mean, I, I I appreciate all the positive comments people are saying, but I mean, I even watched the whole game tonight because it's like I, we can all see what these fuckers are going to do now, right? They're going to oh, yeah. They're going to win the rest of these games. They're going to suck us back in 100%. (laughs) I will be wooing and rooting for the playoffs and talking about buying at the deadline. Like, it's going to happen. I know it. And and the problem is, okay, if they nearly miss the playoffs, then we're fucked from the draft perspective, right? And then, obviously, they're not going to be sellers. They're not going to trade G for anything, so he's just going to walk. And if we make the playoffs, it's hard to see. I mean, anything can happen, right? But we already, I feel like we already got that Cinderella run in 2010. Anything can happen. So <laughs> to think that, I mean, listen, if they go and win, you know, 10 out of their next 15 games or something crazy like that, that's great. But it's, 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 it's not just a 10 game losing streak. It's like the way they were losing. It's, it's like they're a completely different team this week. And again, that's something we've been dealing with for the past several years. Yeah, they're an incredibly inconsistent Jekyll and Hyde team. When they look bad, they look like a bottom five team. And when they look good, they score a ton of goals. The goalie looks great and we're all happy. And it all averages out to painfully mediocre, which is what they've been forever. I don't even think you could do that if you tried. But let me last thing I want to say, I have to disagree with the prior caller. That TK cross check was stupid. That was TK being fucking TK. Why do you have to cross somebody at the at the blue line with five minutes left in the game or whatever it was? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, TK is um I I don't know what to make of him at this point, Chris. And thanks a lot. Uh, TK is, oof. Is he a good player? He's all right. Would you say he's good? I just don't know about him anymore, man. I very concerned about that contract and his overall ceiling and really all of it with Travis Konechny. Uh Max Wind, Max, you're live on the post game. Max, you're muted. Oh, you there? There you go. Yeah, I got you. Awesome. I uh, obviously agree about TK. Underperformer all year, but that's not what I called in about. Ultimately, I want to talk about the fact that, like, up until the Avs game, we had the hardest schedule in the league. All right. Like, the hardest schedule in the league. And now we're going into, like, the perfect time, realistically. We all talked about how bad it was. But the perfect time to switch coaches, get a restart, go into an easy schedule, win a bunch of games, and I really wouldn't be surprised if we won off like, you know, seven out of ten, eight out of ten, and yeah, you're gonna jump on that bandwagon, and we're all gonna be laughing about how Bill's like wanting to buy at the deadline. Yeah, I just like, I'm still thinking what happens when they play good teams again. Like the schedule thing is what it is. But, like, they lost all those games and were completely non-competitive in most of them. Um, and we made that, a that doesn't That doesn't, like, bode well. No, it doesn't at all. Not not even a little bit. However, we did win, we did win games afterwards. And now we're looking at it, and we got a bunch of easy teams. And easy, but, like, win a couple of games. And then ultimately you're in a, in a situation when 
we're like uh, uh, replace TK for a scoring winger like a Tarasenko, and it's done. And they actually have a chance to pull off some kind of glorious shit. I mean, why the hell would why the hell would the St. Louis Blues make that trade? Yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, he's he. I mean, they can't now. But he want he he wants out, and apparently they're still listening. Yeah, I just uh, I, if if they were gonna trade him for like a real downgrade, they probably would have by now. Do you care about next year's first round pick though? Did Do I guys, care about next year's first round pick? Like, would you would you put up like a TK and a TK and a first round pick for like a legitimate scoring winger? I don't. Maybe know not Tarasenko, is... but somebody. Maybe a Kane. I mean, in a. I think what I think of this team, one guy isn't going to fix it. But we we haven't seen the team with Ellis yet at all. Like, at all. That was our biggest offseason move was to pick up Ryan Ellis. And, like, yeah, we had our slide in our hardest part of our schedule. Now we go into an easy part of the schedule. We end up picking up a bunch of wins. We get closer to the deadline. Now trades become available, and you start looking at, like, scoring wingers, Ellis coming back and a scoring winger, this team changes a lot. I guess so. I just don't know how much it changes. And thanks a lot, Max. Uh, Like there's just a mentality with this team to play inconsistently and to let things, you know, it's all well and good to beat up on some bad teams and that'll help and everything. What happens when they get into another tough stretch? What happens when they have to play a few more, you know, a few more six and sevens or whatever the fuck they're going to have to do? Uh, six and sevens, obviously ridiculous, but like, you know, a, a couple back to backs in two weeks and stuff like that. Like uh, what happens if the goalies don't give you some of the best goaltending in the league for a few weeks? I, I just think this team is painfully flawed. Uh, like, yes, Ryan Ellis will absolutely help. Uh, but is Ryan Ellis a Norris contender? And I know that when Ivan Provorov's next to a good partner, he's good, but I does anyone believe Ivan Provorov can help anchor a, a legitimately good cup contender? Because if that's not what this team is, is, like I thought this team had a real chance to be in a Final Four this year. If that's not what this team's ceiling is, then what's the point of prolonging this thing anymore? Jeff Walberg. Jeff, you're live on the post game. Jeff, you're muted. Hey, hey Bill, can you hear me? I got you. Yep. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm. I still think there's enough of the season left that I'm not quite ready to jump off the cliff yet. But I can't really disagree with anyone on either side of the equation, frankly, with what we've seen. So I, I don't really want to get into that. Um, just I'm like the one caller said. I'm willing to just enjoy the wins and be fairly zen about this because it's kind of the MO for watching the Flyers uh, for me personally. Um, what I did want to bring up, though, is how excited I am that it seems like Wade Allison might be coming back into the ranks hopefully soon. And I was watching some of the clips from the Lehigh Valley stuff, and he looks like he's back to top form. And, you know, he's got two, two modes, on and off. And I'm just excited to see that kid come back in the lineup, and maybe that'll help, you know, with the coaching change, give us a real nice boost to uh, to at least give us a shot to scrape for one of the bottom playoff spots. 
Yeah, uh, Wade Allison is a fun player to watch. He's got scoring touch. Uh, he's got a ton of energy. He's gritty. He's the type of player we enjoy watching. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching uh, Wade Allison, regardless of how this season goes. Like, if it does, you know, if things do come apart uh, like they looked like they were, uh, you know, last week, um, it will still be fun to watch Wade Allison. And if he contributes to a little bit of a run, that's another young guy that you look at and go, all right, there are pieces. There are some players here who will contribute to what this thing is going to be when we finally figure that out. I mean, it sucks. Like, it, like last season sucked. We knew we were out of it with like, you know, weeks to go left in the season. As long as there's a, you know, plausible scenario where we can turn this ship around, like I'm, I'm rooting for him all the way because, you know, I, otherwise, what? Are, are we just waiting for the summer to not have hockey? No, I'm gonna root for him. Um, the other thing I wanted to add, get your impression on is I couldn't tell tonight. It looked like our breakouts from the zone were really good, which is something that's been just a pet peeve of mine for the past, like, six years. Um, I couldn't tell, though, if that was, you know, maybe under the new systems uh, with Mike Yo, or if that was just New Jersey making kind of stupid plays and and not really forechecking very aggressively. Yeah, I mean, the Flyers, to their credit, uh, I do think it has more to do with uh, how poor New Jersey is. But, you know, New Jersey uh, New Jersey beat the shit out of this team a couple of times, like in the last two weeks. So, uh, you know, are the Devils very good? No, but you did you did make adjustments and uh, figure out how they were beating you. So that's that's good. If the coaching staff is just able to do little things like that and show those sorts of improvements, maybe there will be a run in them. Um, I don't want it like, I don't want to throw cold water on everybody who's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe we could. Yeah. To answer the question, do I care about next year's first round pick? Uh, the 2022 first round pick? I guess I don't because I know what this team's going to do. Like as much as we're all like, they should sell and tag. I know that's not going to happen. And big changes are, you know, in organizational direction if they're going to come are going to have to come in the offseason. So I guess, no, I don't care about what happens with that first round pick because it's going to be the 14th or 15th pick in the round, you know. Um, so I guess if you can do something uh, just in terms of making additions, making a run, uh, even if it is for that bullshit last playoff spot and they are going to probably lose in six games in the first round. Like at least that would be something, right? I don't know. I am very, it is going to be a uh, soul searching. We're going to record BSH radio tomorrow. I don't know if we're doing it in morning or night. Should probably figure that out. Cause it is like 10 o'clock now. Uh, but it's going to be, I want to know if Steph and Charlie and Kelly are, uh, or as torn about the direction of this team as I am currently. Chris Krochak. Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How's it going? How are you tonight, Chris? I'm good. Nice to finally get a couple of wins together. Um, yeah, I kind of, uh, I, I'm kind of indifferent to these wins at this point. You know, obviously it's, it's nice to see a win. It's nice to see uh, some of the guys getting back, uh, you know, on the score sheet. You know, obviously I think we know what this team is by now, but just seeing some of the pieces that are going to be here for the next few years, you know, still contributing uh, in a meaningful way is encouraging. But honestly, at this point, you know, if they go on a run, so be it. I'll obviously root for it. I always do. 
But, you know, I'm not going to get too high or too low on them. But one thing I am going to do the rest of this year is I'm going to just appreciate Claude Giroux uh, every chance I get. I mean, he had one of the best games I've seen from him in a while tonight. If they were showing, like, he's one point away from second all-time time Bill Barber in points. He's plus five on the night. I mean, he did everything tonight. That pass to Cam Atkinson was ridiculous. So, you know, this might be it for Drew, you know, so I'm just trying to appreciate it while we while we still got him here, just in case he leaves. You know, Chris, I think that is the best way to look at this season is <clears throat> regardless of result, regardless of what you think of the team overall, appreciate Drew. Because if this is it, then God, like, we were we were privileged enough to watch one of the best players in the league for a, a long amount of time. And, yeah. The organization absolutely failed to build around him, and they failed in so many ways during uh, his prime and during his tenure here in Philadelphia. But that does not change the fact that he himself was fucking awesome, and he came to play every night. There are lots of things you can say about this team and about Claude Giroux, uh, and some of the questions are fair. I will never, ever question that dude's leadership – or, excuse me, his effort uh, and just what he brings – um, on the ice every night, I know he's trying out there. Like, I, I realize that's a bare minimum thing, but when we watch this team a lot, we go, are they even fucking trying out there? I know for a fact Giroux is trying out there every night. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, like, starting to get a little nostalgic about Giroux. Just, I, you know, who knows? He might sign a three-year deal in the offseason, and we get to watch him a few more years, but – it really seems like this might be a time where he leaves. And, you know, I, I was at the game a couple of weeks ago where he tied it up against Tampa, even though they lost that game. Like, just seeing, you know, moments like that are nice. And, you know, I think when, when we look back on the Drew era, you know, obviously it's not the best era of hockey, but I think we're going to really appreciate what we had when he's gone. You know, even guys like, you know, Connor McDavid, what has he won? You know, he's been in the league five, six, seven years now, and he's in and out of the playoffs every other year himself. You know, one man doesn't make a team. But uh, you still get to watch a really good player every night. So, you know, no, exactly. and, <laughs> that's a that's a great point, Chris. That's the thing is like and McDavid is, my God, above and beyond the best player in the league. And he's got a guy on his team who is like him and Dreisaitl are like fucking if crack and steroids together were a thing like they're Jake and G and they can't win shit. So, like, what you know, what can we really blame on Giroux? Could he have been better in some playoff series? Absolutely. Um, Like, I know it's hard to separate team and individual when that individual has been here for so long. And I've been questioning some things with Giroux lately, but I will not question his individual greatness uh, nor his effort. And I think definitely if this is uh, his last season in orange and black, we should all really start uh, appreciating it. Body bag. Hey, you're live. Hey, Bill. Can you hear me? I got you. How are you tonight? Doing pretty well. You know, trying to enjoy the little things this season. You know, we got a shorthanded goal tonight. That was that was pretty fun. But it's it was. I'm pretty thing. sure they had more chances shorthanded than the Devils had on the power play. That power play is a disgrace. Uh, well, uh, their whole team is not not on the bright side, but, you know, is is what it is. I think it was just nice. I, I'm at the point where win or loss, I just want Carter Hart to play well every night and seeing him have a great game. 
really made me smile, especially I have a lot of Devils fans around me in my area, and I got ripped apart last year. Mackenzie Blackwood, better than Carter Hart. Oh, my God, Carter Hart stinks. So seeing him get pulled tonight and Hart have a great dub, you know, that those are the types of things I'm looking for for the rest of this season, honestly. No, it's it's just one of those things. Like we talked about uh, Wade Allison earlier and, you know, Joel Faraby maybe coming back soon. Like seeing that there are those pieces to build around in Carter Hart, there is not a more important piece in this organization than Carter Hart. Just continuing to win back our confidence and continuing to see him uh, raise his level of play and prove to us that he is a franchise goaltender I, you know, I said earlier, someone was like, you know, when you started these things, you were so optimistic. And I said it was because we had something to look forward to. Carter Hart at least gives us a reason to be optimistic about the somewhat near future because he looks like he is that guy. Exactly. And, and you know, right now, I think with, with the way this team is constructed and just everything, you know, I'm kind of with you on the the ceiling of this team and what what are we going to be able to do, but I know for the next however many years, Hart's going to be the biggest factor of this team. And just making sure, you know, win or lose for the rest of the season, when I watch, just how to make sure that he plays well, man, because everything is probably going to end up riding on him with the way this team is built in the future. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate it there, body bag. Yeah, I can't, couldn't agree more. Uh, Carter Hart is the most important piece in this organization. In terms of, like, building blocks, he is one of the most important pieces in the entire NHL uh, for any organization and him rebounding from last season, the way he has this year, God damn, at least we have that, right? Like at least it's not the disaster of all disasters. We don't even have that one thing we thought we had. I guess there is a bright side to everything. Eli B, Eli B, you're live on the post game. Hey Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight, Eli? Doing good. So it was nice to finally get a win. Um, something that's been concerning me with this team, though, is just how unconcerned they seem on the ice. Uh, they just seem lazy and like they don't want to be there. Um, I think we're going to need to do a rebuild. But in the meantime, just get a bunch of boxers, throw them on the ice, and it'll be a fun couple of years. <laughs> I don't know if it would. Like, uh, if we get in five fights tonight and lose every game five nothing, I don't know how fun that would be. <laughs> it would be better than watching um, the no effort stuff and they're losing six nothing anyway. Yeah. But anyway, thanks, Bill. All right, thanks a lot, Eli. All right. Doug Johnson, Doug, you're live on the post game. Doug, you're muted. Doug, hit unmute. All right, Doug, try again in a second. Uh. Jonathan, Jonathan, you're live on the post game. Jonathan. All right. No Jonathan. Uh, let's try Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Good How's win tonight. Hey, Warren. Good to, good to see a win. You know, it was great uh, seeing Bo Barber at the game. What a great player. And, uh, you know, going back, that's a long time ago. But, you know, they had a first line, and that's something – I struggle with here. We have a lot of second, third, fourth line players, so I I don't see us doing a run. I just we're just not talented enough. But question for you, um, what's his name? Ellis. This guy actually exists, and I know I saw a guy 
name Ellis for two game, two, three games this year. Is he coming back? I mean, I heard he was going to have an MRI this week. Yeah, I mean, it's we haven't heard a lot about Ellis. He's been week to week for a few weeks now. Uh, maybe the plan is after the holiday. Maybe the plan is after the Olympic break. But they need him, and uh, I have no idea when he's coming back. Yeah, and it's interesting. Uh, the last guy had an interesting comment about, you know, what doesn't seem like they care on the ice. I just – it's just a – this is a really strange team the last two years with all the inconsistencies. I just – don't understand how you could be so bad where you're getting beat seven, eight, nine, one. And then tonight, now, you know, they're playing the devils tonight. They're not, you know, they're not that good, but I, I don't know. Is the pride there. And I will, you know, I don't know. It's just very confusing to me. Uh, they must really have hated AV for some reason. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I uh, I can't uh, listen. I think Elaine Vigneault needed to go because when a coach loses a room like that, it it doesn't matter whose fault it is. He has to go. But uh, they've been through enough coaches. They they yeah. don't have enough talent. Like that's the number one problem overall. They don't have enough good players. Yeah, uh, they, but I I don't. The roster construction is flawed. Like if you go back and look at the great teams that we've had, you know, even the Lindros Leclerc. The Jordan, uh, uh, go back even further, Clark Barber Leach. I mean, we, these are great players and a Bernie Perrant. Uh, we we just don't have those caliber of players. Well, no, and those those guys and thanks a lot, Warren. Those are, I mean, you're naming Hall of Famers there. Like a lot of teams don't have the best players in the game, uh, but they're able to construct the roster a bit more talented. The Flyers have been unlucky with injuries. You know, Kevin Hayes working his way back. He's a much better player uh, than we've seen, but I don't think anyone would confuse Kevin Hayes with like a legit all-star or anything. Um, It it just, this team has just let so many things snowball and get out of control over the last few years. It is tough to uh, take them, to give them any sort of benefit of the doubt, really. Uh, Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson is back. Is there an unmute button, Doug? I lost Doug. All right, let's go to 69. 60 is live. 60. All right, 60 is muted. Uh, Let's go to Jason H. Jason, you're live. You know something? Uh, I don't know. Have you taped uh, BS this week or no? Uh, We're doing it tomorrow. I really, the question I'd love for you to ask Charlie is, is something different over the last couple of days, or is it just simply that we're getting the dead coach bound? Because I, I'm trying to figure out what's different, and I can't figure it out. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, that dead cat bounce there. There's, uh, I mean, they're just playing much, much worse teams than they were. Like, you know, Jersey and Arizona are terrible, and they were playing pretty good teams for a little while. So uh, I think there's something to that. But today or yesterday, I guess, was their first, like, full practice since they changed coaches. And I'm sure they're just trying to do things, maybe taking the players' uh, advice on what they should be doing a little bit more. But, yeah, I'll definitely – we that'll definitely come up tomorrow. Yeah, you know, if this is – you know, we had said this, you know, a couple weeks ago that, you know – if they change coaches, you know, you know, we end up, you know, going on a run and making the playoffs again. Great. But then again, 
are we in the same fake spot that we were the last couple of years where it's you're one player away from the finals, you're one player away, but I mean, in reality, we both know we aren't. Yeah, it's, I wonder if they'd ever, I guess, you know, if they just fell completely off, but I don't think they were ever that bad to just uh, blow the thing up in season as much as I was hoping that would kind of be the case just because I am sick of this prolonged mediocrity. Uh, but uh, looking at how the roster is constructed, it would probably have to be in the offseason that they made those sorts of moves unless uh, they were get they would unless they would basically tell Giroux, we're going to do this. Do you want us to trade you to a contender like right now, like between last week and, you know, before the Olympics, would he want to get traded to a contender? Uh, and if that were the case, I guess you'd be able to blow it up in season. But I don't know if that was ever a realistic possibility. The one last thing I was going to say before I go is I think a lot of people are not understanding also what the cap dynamics are in today's NHL. They're, re- they're remembering the NHL of 10 years ago where you could basically just throw out all the money you want at players and can do whatever you want. You know, Right now, they're on such a borderline when it comes to the cap. It's a lot of these teams are not going to want to take on players that we got anyway because they don't want to add the salary. Yeah, and that's, I think, the positive thing with Giroux would be you can cover up to 50%. So a team would absolutely want to move and give up a ton for a four-some million-dollar Claude Giroux. there are a lot of ways to be able to make that work, but yeah, with with JVR another year left at seven million, like moving him would be really freaking hard. Uh, basically, anybody with any no no GM wants to take on term right now. Like look right. at look at what Seattle did in the expansion draft. They didn't want anybody on any sort of term. They didn't want anyone else's problems. Uh, will they have? Will they go out and sign free agents? I bet you they will this off season. They'll have the financial flexibility to do it. They'll sign them to long-term contracts. They will create their own long-term problems, but they did not want anybody else's problems. Well, I will say I'm happy now that we have more points than Seattle because about a week ago we didn't. (laughs) Yeah, Seattle, uh, and thanks a lot, Jason. Seattle went on a little run there uh, where they they were winning some games against some pretty good teams, which, again, that's like, oh, well, the Flyers had such a tough schedule, like, well, goddamn, if you're just like, well, wait for us to play the bad teams, then you're not that good. And, like, again, Ottawa beat the shit out of Florida tonight. Seattle went on that run where they were beating good teams. Like, that stuff happens. You you can beat a team better than you every now and then. And to the Flyers' credit, they did beat Vegas on a, to start this little three-game run. But, you know, it's not like Vegas has had their, their issues this year just with uh, – Basically bad luck, um, but uh, you know, I'm repeating myself now. Let's get through these last couple of calls, and we can wind this thing down. Uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, you're live on the post game. Jonathan, are you there? That's, I see you're unmuting. I just can't hear you, Jonathan. Sorry about that. Maybe we can get you in next show. Uh, let's go to Max. Max Wind, you're live on the post game. One thing about this is, can we talk about a main man, Max? We've always wanted the kids to come up, and then Max Woman comes up. He's playing on the third line, gets bumped up to the second tonight a little bit, and uh, we just don't talk about him at all. 
Max Roman. Uh, he's just, I mean, he's not the most spectacular of uh, prospects, and it's not like he's, uh, it's not like he's a super young kid. Like he's going to be 27 in February. No, like, but like he's not exactly a young guy. He's older than most of the roster. But a cool story, nonetheless. Oh, absolutely, good for him. Uh, I, I just don't see him. I don't see him playing a part in the team's future. And you know they're going to get Farabee back at some point. Wade Allison's going to come back, and at that point, I don't see a spot for Max Wilman in the NHL. I, I I don't either. But like Vandeveld to Max Wilman. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. When you compare him to the, <laughs> least, of, the least effective forward we played in a ten-year period, certainly he's better than him. Okay, that's fair. Yuri Laterra. <laughs> I maybe. <laughs> no, nah, but it's a fun story, and I just don't think anybody's talked about. It. He scored a goal the other night, and it's just like I want to give him a little time. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I appreciate it, Max. You being his namesake and all, you want to get you want to get something in there for Max Wilman. And hey, listen, if Max Wilman is a a fourth liner on this team at some point, cool, whatever. Um, that's that's fine, good for him. Uh, I just uh, he's not a prospect. Uh, he's almost twenty seven years old. He's he's been a pro for a long time. Uh, yeah, he was drafted one hundred and twenty first overall in twenty fourteen. Uh, it is a great story. Like, everyone, he was in the ECHL. I think he was getting scratched in the ECHL. And now he's playing for a goddamn NHL team. Um, I think maybe that says, you know, the Ron Hextall prospect pool may be a little thin. Uh, that Max Willman is what we have to resort to. But the guy has earned it. It's not like he wasn't playing well in the NHL or in the AHL last year. Uh, he was playing well there this year. He gets the call up. He's in the NHL. He does not look out of place. So that's awesome for Max Willman. All right, 60, you're our last caller tonight. 69. Hey, Bill. Uh, I got you. How are you? Yep. Good. Uh, first of all, what's your beer of the night tonight? Beer of the night tonight, I've had a, a couple Kate May swinging the lamps. They are excellent if you're into the Kate May double IPAs and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's down right by Mace. But, um, so, you know what's funny? Like, we're reminiscing on, like, Giroux's career and whatnot here. It's crazy how competitive that guy is. And I'm just saying that because, like, you remember when, like, they were negotiating for an extension before the season, they got Couturier done, and then they announced they're not going to get Giroux done? Yeah. Drew's probably so competitive that he saw Coots get, what was it, 7.9 or whatever? Yes, he's probably uh, high like, sevens, yeah. He's probably looked at that, and he's probably like, oh, you guys probably offered me like 7 mil, and you gave that guy 7.9 for the next eight years? Uh, all right, you know what, I'll show you. And then he just goes out this year, and he's scoring almost a point a game. That's just how competitive G is, and it's fucking crazy. It is. And like, honestly, when we when we looked way ahead, you know, when we were looking at, you know, this year being uh, Giroux and Couturier's final year and you're going to need to re-up them both at some point. It, I always thought like, oh, yeah, they'll just like switch cap hits like, you know, Couturier will get like eight or nine. Giroux will get four and a half, five. And we'll go from there. And Giroux has just not declined to that point. Like, I just expected him to be worse than he is right now. I thought, he'd, like, be a, I thought he'd still be an effective player, but, like, he is still our best forward after all of this time. 
You know what's crazy? Like, I know, like, we all wrote, we kind of, like, wrote him off, and I know you did, like, during that, what was it, the 16, 17, 17, 18 season, around there, we all thought he was going to decline once he hit 30. It's, like, it's absolutely amazing, like, how great he's playing at this age. And, like, don't get me wrong, like, he's lost, like, some of his speed and whatnot, but his skill, there's not even a guy that's not even in the same like ballpark as him on this entire team skill wise. And he's 33. Yeah. It's, it's not a, <laughs> it's not particularly close. Like I, I don't even, I mean, Atkinson's got some skill. He's got some hand eye. Uh, Lawton has much better hands than he gets credit for, but obviously nothing close to G um, shit. Like we haven't seen enough of Morgan Frost, but like overall, my God, Drew's 10 times the player Frost will ever be. Uh, and that's like, if Frost works out and is a nice player, he'll never be close to Drew. Uh, like it's, yeah, I can't come up with anybody who's in the neighborhood. Yeah, I agree, Bill. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. 60. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, again, this is I'm very torn about the direction of this team. Uh, I'm looking forward to BSH tomorrow. I can pick the brains of uh, Kelly and Charlie and Steph and uh, maybe see what they're thinking about uh, what we should even want to happen for the rest of this season because, man, after what they put us through in that 10-game losing streak, it's going to take a little more uh, for me to even get on board with them winning some games. Uh, But I I don't – I'm having trouble even – putting in the words how I'm feeling about this team. And that's not good because, fuck, if I don't say a lot of words all the time, and I think I'm pretty good at it, uh, usually. I know I, like, make up words and shit sometimes and just go past it because who's going to correct me? I'm the host, goddammit. All right, that's it. Uh, thanks all. Thank you. Jesus, let's try that again. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you've got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts and bang, content, content, content. We have so much shit for you. You don't even know what to do with it. Uh, You'll be up to your ears and BSH content. Just hit subscribe. Maybe leave us one of them five-star reviews. Uh, You know, like an Omega match in the Tokyo Dome. Six stars, seven stars. However many stars you can give us, hook us up. Uh, we're going to record BSH tomorrow, I believe. Not sure if it'll be at morning or night, but it'll be out at some point tomorrow or maybe Thursday morning. Who's to say? Uh, and then, of course, I will be back with the rest of the games this week and most likely all the games up until the Christmas break. Uh, so be sure to be here for those on Spotify Green Room. That's it. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. <laughs>